0: Assalamu alaykum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu, from the podcast team at Kalam we wanted to wish you a very blessed Ramadan this month you can expect daily uploads that will include reflections khatiras and khutbas all from our new campus alhamdulillah if you benefit from this content please give generously at supportkalam.com 100% of your donations goes towards the means of providing accessible islamic knowledge to people around the world Jazakumallah khairan for listening Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, wa kafa wa salaamun ala ibadihin ladhin ashtafa khususan ala seyidi rasuli wa khatim anbiya wa ala alihi laskiyya wa ashabihi latqiyya amma ba'd with all the discussion that we've had over the past few days about the harms of the dunya and what kind of shadow it casts on the soul a person begins to wonder so what is the solution? How do we solve this? How do I wake up from this slumber, this spell casted by all the bling and all the shiny objects of the world? The things that I have become accustomed to. The things that I desire and dream. To that Rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam gave a very beautiful solution. And it's where I would like to take today's conversation. Nabi sallallahu alayhi said, اَكْثِرُوا ذِكْرَ هَذِمِ al الْمَوْتِ That remember abundantly the thing that crushes desires. It crushes your passion, it crushes your dreams. Now we're not talking about your healthy ambitions, we're talking about false dreams that have been casted before your eyes. That false curtain that's in front of you that is preventing you from seeing what's on the other side, This will tear that curtain down. It'll wake up every sleeping person. And what is that? al maut death. Remember it. Every day when you wake up, remember that just as you woke up today, there are people who have not woken up on this exact day. Their family members are gathered around their beds because they aren't moving and they aren't breathing. Some are infants, some are middle-aged, some are old. Because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has appointed for every person their time to leave this world. He appoints your arrival, where you will arrive, when you will arrive, and who will deliver you into this world. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one that determines when you will leave, where you will leave, and if and who will be by your side, if anyone will be there, and who will be by your side when you leave this dunya. So the one that determines our entry and our exit it only makes sense that we spend the time in between also by His command. He chooses when we arrive, He chooses when we leave. Why is it that we abandon what He, why is it that we abandon what he chooses for us while we are in this dunya? Sayyidina Abu Bakr Siddiq radiallahu an, became very ill after his arrival in Medina Munawwara as many companions did. Medina Munawwara was known for being a city that people would get sick in. So when they arrived in Medina Munawwara, they became ill. The Sahaba began to complain to Nabi ﷺ. Nabi ﷺ made dua for cure in the weather in Medina Munawwara. However, he also told the companions to be patient. And he told them that the illness of Medina Munawwara purifies a person. This is why scholars say that one per- when a person goes to Medina and if they become sick and they are patient, they are beneficiaries of this dua of Rasulullah And we've seen this. That people when they go to Medina Manobrah they catch a little sniffle. They sometimes catch a little fever, just as the Sahaba and Nabi Wasallam himself did. Abu Bakr Siddiq became so ill that he was on what he thought was his deathbed. He thought this was the end of it. And he said the following lines: musabbahun alihi wal, wal- motu adna min That every day a person wakes up among his family A person wakes up with his family next to his spouse Their children are jumping on their chest They're catching their bag, holding their coffee And they're walking at the house with so much security While the reality is that your death is closer to you than your shoestrap Your shoestrap is touching your body, your death is closer to you Malakul Maud is waiting for that moment to come for you to leave this dunya. And this wild fever that we have that we believe the world will cease to exist without us. That if I were to die, the world would just stop. That's not true. The world will continue on. People will forget us. You know, a person once went to a graveyard and while he was walking around in there, there was a gravestone and it said, Ya waqifa inda qabri, la tata'ajab an amri. بالأمس كنت مثلك وغدا تكون مثلي. يا واقف عند قَبْرِي Oh, the one that stands at my grave, because he's looking down at the gravestone. He's speaking to the, the, the poet. He spoke to the one the one looking at the grave. يا واقف عند قَبْرِي Oh, the one that stands at my grave. لا تتعجب عن أمري. Don't be amazed by looking at my grave. Don't be amazed that you're standing and I'm here. بالأمس كنت مثلك because yesterday I was you. تكون مِثْلِي Tomorrow you will be me. The reality of life and the one thing no human being dares to deny is that mawt, death is a reality. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Qul minhu That this death that you're running from, this death that you're ignoring, we live in a world where people don't like talking about death because it makes them uncomfortable. Allah says, مُلَاقِيكُمْ that death will come to you. You can ignore a reality, or you can keep it in mind. Because a person who thinks of their reality and knows very well, Imam Abu Hamid al-Ghazali in the Ihya, he says that there are three types of people. There are those people who are completely uh, oblivious and they choose to not think about death at all. He calls these people the Munhamak, the person who just ignores it. Then the second person who spends more time in remembrance of death, He calls this person the ta'ib, this person d'estawba to Allah and they understand the weight of their sins, so their sins are magnified before their eyes because they think of what that moment will be like when they leave this dunya. And then that third group of people, he says, As for the person who truly knows Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he doesn't think of death frequently, he remembers it at all times. They say that Umar عنه, had a ring and on it was engraved, كَفَا Mauti Wa'idah." Death is the best advisor. That whenever a person thinks of disobeying Allah, they remember that lesson. كَفَا بِالْمَوْتِ Wa'idah." That death is the best advisor. As people get old in life, they lose control over their, over their bodily faculties. They their Their hand motions slowly leave their control and then at times their eyes get weak and then their speech becomes slurred and their hearing ability decreases until the point comes where many of us unfortunately aren't even, aren't even capable of taking care of ourselves. And in moments like that you have to remember the dunya becomes very lonely. Very few people will have the patience or loyalty to stay by your side. When you become that lonely how do you spend the remaining years of your life in this dunya? What do you do? Watch TV for the next five years of your life? Watch Spring... Fr- uh, what's that show called? Jerry Springer, is that what it's called? <laughs> Jerry Springer? Right, I think I got it, right? <laughs> you watch some silly uh, daytime TV show where people are just throwing pies at each other? Is that what you do? Or do you do something greater with it? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave me the opportunity of seeing individuals who I inshallah believe were friends of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And in their old age, they were so content because their life, at the end, of their, the end of their life, they seemed to forget a lot of things. Their memories became very weak and they didn't recognize faces anymore. I would go to meet my own teachers sometimes and I would introduce myself. And even though, alhamdulillah, I had studied with these individuals for 9-10 years, they would say, Nam batai, what's your name? And I would introduce myself all over again as if it was my first time meeting them. I am Hussein from America. Alhamdulillah, I had the honor of studying with you and you're so-and-so. These people forgot a lot of things. Their own kids would say that we would go to meet our father and he would look at us a little puzzled. And then, oh, it's you. They would forget a lot of things. But one thing I'll tell you, these people never forgot was Allah. Because they dedicated their lives to Allah. And Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala refuses to let those people forget his name. They remembered him, he remembers them. And it's as if as life begins to recede and their soul is preparing to leave, their vision of what matters in this dunya becomes very narrow. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala dulls their senses so they engage less with the dunya and focus more on their creator, their Allah. In the last days of their life, all you see them doing is tilawah, dhikr, salah, tilawah, dhikr, salah, tilawah, dhikr, salah. And when I look at these people, Allah is my witness. My heart wants to jump out of my chest because I think to myself, how righteous are these people and how lucky are they? How lucky are they? That people are trying to numb the pain as death approaches them by going from vacation to vacation, party to party. And these people have found peace wherever they are. Just doing dhikr of Allah. Doing Tilawa." Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam, when he was in the final moments of his life, as the pain began to, began to pick up, Ummul Mu'mineen Aisha radiallahu anha held him in her lap and she held him tight, near and dear. And everyone is watching Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa that is in that room. How does he take death? And in that final moment, Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is lying there. His health is deteriorating. His time to leave this dunya has come and the greatest human being will now depart from the dunya. His soul will leave. Even the Malakul Mawth must be saying, Ya Allah, why are you giving me this task? How about we pass it on to someone else? How do you take the soul? Because Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala says, The one thing that I dislike the most is causing discomfort to my servant and death is discomfort, but it must occur. Right? There is not a thing that I am hesitant in. This is a Hadith Qudsi. There is not a thing that I am hesitant in like my hesitancy in taraddudi my hesitancy in extracting the soul of my servant because it is painful to him and I don't want to cause him pain. And Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is lying there. The Sahaba are watching and Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi, they're hoping that maybe he'll recover. Maybe this is just another fever. And then the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi said a statement which made it clear to them that this was the end of their journey with him. He said, Allah إِنَّ Death is difficult. And then they knew what was happening, that this was the end of it. Umm al muminin Aisha radiallahu anha is doing miswaq for Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa because he used to like it. When a person's leaving the dunya, Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam says that when a person is sick and he asks for a meal, give it to him. Don't hold back. Specifically the ulama say that if that person has no hope of life, then whatever they request, just give it to them. Make them happy. Let them have a moment of joy before they leave. She's doing miswak for Nabi sallallahu alayhi wasallam. She's reading ayat of the Quran but she's not using her hands to wipe over the Prophet's body. Whose hands is she using? His hands, because his hands have the barakah. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi said to the Sahaba, that whoever is nearby, gather them together. Let me give them one last advice. And a few Sahaba were nearby, they gathered around Rasulullah And Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam gave the last advice of his life and he said, As-salatu wa imanukum. Stop, don't stop praying salah. Salah is your connection with Allah, your sajda is your moment with Allah, you can't leave it. You will continue to grow, Allah will continue to honor you, as long as you honor Him. But if you abandon Him, you will face disgrace in this dunya and in the next. Don't be fooled. As-salah, as-salah, as-salah. Wa ma malakat imanukum. Be just with those who you have authority over, that your right hands possess. حقوق الله, حقوق Connect both together. Fulfill the rights of Allah, fulfill the rights of humanity. And Nabi sallallahu alayhi leaves the dunya, saying his last word that he uttered before he left his dunya was the word al-āla. al with the highest companion. And it's interesting because this word A'la was the whisper of Nabi sallallahu from sajda. He spent his life whispering to Allah, Subhanahu wa Taala, Subhanahu wa Taala. It's as if every sajda of his life was preparing him for that last word that he was going to leave the dunya with. And his last word represented every sajda of his entire life. All those tears, all the stories, Taif, Makkah, Hijrah, Badr, Uhud, Khandaq, Tabuk, Fath Makkah, Hudaybiyyah, Umratul Qadha All of these were important moments of his life All the Sajdas were all gathered together In that last word we said before he left the dunya Al-A'la Al-Rafiq Al-A'la Let me join with the highest companion It's time to leave the dunya Rasulullah Tells us that the one who loves To meet Allah, Allah Also loves to meet that person Man ahabba liqaa Allah Ahabba Allah liqa'ahu Allah wants to meet that person too But how are we going to love to meet him if we're stuck in between our laptops, our tablets, our phones? How are we going to love to meet him if we're stuck between Netflix and Hulu? How are we going to love to meet him if we're stuck between video games and sports? How are we going to love to meet Allah? Who has time for Allah when the only thing we're thinking of is today's dinner and tomorrow's breakfast? For this you have to learn to put everything in the back seat Learn to take a break from life, and reflect on what matters. Man ahabba liqal Allah, Allah subhanahu wa taala says, "فَمَنْكَانَ يَرْجُوُ لِقَاءَ رَبِّهِ فَلْيَعْمَلْ عَمَلًا صَالِحًا." That the one who has hope of meeting his Lord, فَلْيَعْمَلْ عَمَلًا صَالِحًا. Let him do good deeds. ولا يشرك بعبادة ربه أحدا. And never make anyone a partner with Allah subhanahu wa taala. That Hadith continues. Nabi sallallahu then said, liqa Allah, Allah And whoever dislikes meeting Allah, Allah has no interest in meeting you either. So for that first group of people, when their death approaches, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends mala'ika to receive this person's soul. And Nabi sallallahu tell, tells us, they come in the most beautiful garments, with the most beautiful scent, with bouquets, and as this person is struggling with death, Nabi ﷺ says, Al-Mu'minu yamutu bi araqil jabin. That when a believer dies, there is a layer of sweat that perspires. This can either mean that this, that, that, that this person has lived a hard, tough life, and death is their relief. So that, so that sweat represents a tough life. Or it could literally mean that when a person dies, there is a difficult hill that you have to overcome for your soul to leave the body. Your mother bears that difficulty as you enter, but you have to bear it yourself as you leave. That every person must bear themselves. There is no mother or father that can carry that weight for you. You have to walk through that door and Malakul Maut will see you eye to eye and you have to face it, each individual. And the way you live is the way you will die and the way you will die is the way you will be resurrected. So those Malaika, they come and as that person is struggling and fearful because they can see the eyes of their children And their grandchildren and their friends All crying because they know very soon Separation will tear them apart And their next meeting will be on the Day of Judgment So to make this moment easy Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commands the malaika Open up a window so he can see his abode in Jannah And in all that pain That person glances over and he sees his place in Jannah And that pain he is relieved of That ah There will be pain in in missing them but there will be joy in what Allah has prepared and reuniting with them in paradise. Well كَرِهَ لِقَاءَ Allah, And the one who dislikes meeting Allah, a wretched, horrible, forgetful, neglectful, sinful, arrogant, prideful human being, Allah says, we also have no interest in meeting you. The malaika that come to receive that person's body are not dressed well and neither are they happy. When they surround around that person at the time of his death, they look at him with very angry eyes. That you criminal crook, you disobeyed Allah after every reminder, you watch what we do with you. And then as that person is struggling with death, a window is open from which that person can see their abode in the fire of hell. That you thought death was difficult, wait, what's, wait, wait, wait till what's coming there. These are not nice things to hear. We don't, no one wants to hear them. But why are we running away from a reality that we know exists? Does the Qur'an not speak of punishment? Did Nabi not warn us of the difficulties of death, of the grave, and what may wait for some in the hereafter? Of course he did. We, this is why Nabi Wasallam is telling us that the way you deal with the fitna of this dunya, the first step you need to take is start remembering death more frequently. Every night Nabi Wasallam before he went to sleep, what was his dua that he would read? You guys tell me. Allahumma bismika amutu reflecting on death as he closes his eyes every night when he woke up in the morning what dua did he read <laughs> Alhamdulillah ba'dama amatana, who gave us life after death the first thing he's reflecting on when he wakes up is death the first thing Imam Muhammad al-Ghazali says that when you lie in your bed every night reflect over this that today you're lying in your bed to- tomorrow someone will lie you in your grave the lights will turn off the same, you pull the sheet over tomorrow, someone will pull the sheet over. The difference is that you might wake up tomorrow, there you'll wake up on the Day of Judgment. So when you wake up the next day with life, smile and say, Alhamdulillah. Wake up for Fajr Salah, do your, do your Tahajjud Salah. Commit time for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because today that's all you have. You have so much time and you get to choose how you spend it. But tomorrow it won't be like that. I end with a hadith of Rasulullah sallallahu Where Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa highlights for us and, dis- and makes a distinction between two groups of people The foolish one and the intelligent one He says, sallallahu wa The intelligent one is the one that controls his nafs And does deeds that will help him after death This is the smart person who controls himself, doesn't give in all the time, fights. I won't look at haram, I won't eat haram, I won't miss salah, I won't be distracted. They fight. They believe in themselves. They understand that there is something worth fighting for on the other, on the other side. And they keep fighting. Al-kayyisu man dana intelligent person. wal and the foolish one, man ataba'a hawaha. Who keeps following his own desires, watamana amani, and has high hopes with Allah that somehow Allah is just going to love me and forgive me and give me jannah, even though I've done squat or nothing at all? May Allah subhanahu wa taala protect us and allow us to prepare for death before it arrives and make us from His accepted servants. alaikum wa barakatuh